an intensely competitive world now where things change so quickly. And overriding that is then the then what's actually sort of happening in the economy on a on a sort of a more cyclical basis. You know, are we having a strong growth in the economy generally or not? So there's a lot of lot of messy, confusing messages, and understandably, people are concerned. And, and when they're concerned, they they sort of pull in their spending, they sort of pull in the, uh, their decision making. Are we relying on China too much? Well, we are. Uh, but it's sort of like, you know, it's, it's this love-hate relationship, Barry. If, <laughs> if we didn't have China, I think we would really have a problem uh, in, in terms of Australia. When you look around the rest of the, the countries that are similar to us, the US, Europe, the, the UK, they don't have China in the way we have China, and they're in much, much worse trouble. That uh, We see the figures coming out in Spain and Italy in the last couple of days showing that... Uh, the, the youth unemployment rate in those countries is over 50%. Wow. Over 50% of un- young people are unemployed, don't have jobs in Spain and Italy. You know, we might think it's bad in Australia, but uh, that's what, that's what would, we would be facing if we didn't have China, which is so important a market for us and so generous in terms of buying, buying the stuff we dig out of the ground. So it's really no choice. That's, well, it's but no a good choice, choice. And it's a positive choice, mm. although it does create all these problems. Mm. Uh, you know, the, 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 it, it hurts the manufacturing industry, it hurts other sectors of the economy. You're listening to finance. We certainly are, and it's a very special guest, Terry McCran. Terry, with our export market, any input into higher costs must be like a red rag to a bull for our exporters, surely to goodness. Well, absolutely, Barry. So, you know, costs are the absolute key to making keeping things competitive because it's so relentless, relentlessly competitive out there now. And as you mentioned, the RBA with its interest rates, things are slow. And what concerned me the other day, contrary to popular belief and the increased cost won't show up for months, of course, the carbon tax. And I thought a more common sense approach than the singing, dancing, chicken little approach from our leaders, which may help to instill a little bit more confidence. I mean, this has got to slowly feed through. Absolutely, Barry. I mean, I think that, you know, the great lie from the, from the politicians and obviously from the government, Julie Gillard in particular, that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to J- July 1, the carbon tax will impact and you'll go out shopping and things won't have gone through the roof. That's the end of the story. Uh, and particularly as they have given you compensation for the high prices that you do face, particularly power electricity prices. That's the great deception in, in, in all this. It's the cost, the way they flow into the, in, across the economy because Electricity flows into the cost of everything. That's the real lurking danger from the carbon tax, and that'll impact on the sort of economy you've been talking about, Barry, which where people are finding it tough uh, to, to keep in business, tough to, to make a profit, uh, tough to pay wages, tough to keep creating jobs. And the carbon tax is going to be a real silent killer on, on, on the economy in that impact. Now, look, okay... Uh, with our export markets, some local manufacturers who rely a lot on power, and I think everybody does, unless you're in a tent in the bush, the greatest challenge is coming from this. What area will probably be the heaviest hit, do you think? Well, manufacturing is obviously going to be very heavily hit, uh, and small business generally. Uh, and and uh, the important point to be made, Barry, it's not just the carbon tax per se. It's all the other policies that, are, that add on to it, like... Uh, the demand for uh, greater renewable energy being fed into the system at very high prices, solar, solar power and, uh, and wind. And that's, that's, that's creating as much increase in, in electricity prices as the carbon tax itself. So all those hundreds of thousands of small businesses out there who don't 
don't get any compensation, who don't get any money, are finding themselves having to pay more for their power, and they're finding themselves having to pay more for all the things that they buy, all the services and goods that they buy, which in turn use power and which also have to pay pay more and which, which will, will feed into high prices for them. And on the other side, on the selling side, they can't just raise their prices. So their, their margins are being squeezed and squeezed and squeezed. You mentioned something about wind. I wonder do our pol- – no, I shouldn't say our politicians have a wind problem, but as far as <laughs> renewable energy is concerned, surely to goodness there must be some good news from what we hear, job creation in the green energy sector, but I've not seen any as yet. Well, that's all garbage. Barry, for every job that you might create in building a wind turbine or, or I don't know what jobs they actually do when you manage the, the so-called wind farms, for every job you create there, it costs hundreds of thousands of dollars in subsidies to do so, and those hundreds of thousands of dollars in subsidies are job destroyers elsewhere in the economy. So it's all garbage, this idea that we're going to, we're going to create all these wonderful new uh, renewable energy jobs or alternative energy jobs, yes, we might, but they'll be created in China because that's where these things are going to be built and they are, going, and they are being built today. Europe, here we go. We've called it zombie land. Is there a way out? I mean, please tell me you can see just a glimmer of hope here after some, I think, 19 get-togethers. It's more of a dog's breakfast. What's going on? Well, exactly, Barry, and I'm afraid I can't tell you there's a way out. Mm. Uh, that they're just going to go. For, there'll probably be another 19 summits uh, in the next two years as they continue to grapple with the problem and not come up with anything really serious to deal with it. They keep they keep patching it over. The bottom line, Barry, is that the euro is a, was a mistake. Stuffing all these countries under one currency was a mistake. And uh, the only way to, to, to get away from that mistake is to go back to the individual currencies. And until they face that reality, they're just going to keep going down, down, down. That tin that they're kicking down the, the road must be battered at the moment. Oh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Okay, a very last question. Terry McCran, what does Australia face? What sort of economic challenges do you see Australia facing in the next six months? I can't answer that in an absolute sense, Barry, but what I can say is you've exactly identified the the time frame in which we really need to watch what's happening. The next six months is going to tell us precisely what's happening in China. Uh, we've seen the Chinese economy has been slowing. How much is it slowing? Will they be able to get their, their, their mojo back and get back to growth? We'll find out in the next six months. Uh, what's happening in, in the United States, we're pretty much going to find out in the, there whether they're sliding back into recession or whether they've just got a very sluggish activity. And we won't find out an answer for what's happening in Europe, but it might get sufficiently worse in the next six months that we'll know just exactly how bad it's going to be. Terry, we look forward to good news, but thank you very much indeed for bringing all our listeners at 2NURFM 103.7 up to date. Thank you very much indeed. See you soon. Great to talk to you, Barry. All the best. Thank you.